this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Now, You'll probably hear in his voice, but Graham will need a really warm welcome this morning. He's slightly, he's 98%, I think. Graham, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, James. Good morning. Well, you can pray for one of two things right now. Either you can pray that I'm healed and my voice holds out and we get a full-length preach. Or, <laughs> if you want to get out early, <laughs> you can pray for something else. It was hard to be in during worship. I think, I, and I love worship this morning. It was great, wasn't it? So, just a real sense of God's presence and um, fantastic songs and uh, being led through to pray with faith for stuff. I'm like, I can't sing, I can't sing, I need to hold on to my voice, what's left of it for, <clears throat> for the preach. So it was hard being in here and not, not really going for it in singing, but it was just great to worship God together, wasn't it? And to, and to hear from him and to be encouraged and stuff, that was, was so good. Okay, so if you're taking notes, then your title for this morning is this, Keeping the Main Thing the Main Thing. So what I want to talk about is keeping the main thing the main thing. So our series, just to remind you, is called Being a Mission-Minded Community. And if I've got my, um, my sums right, I think this is week three. Is that right? So I think I kicked it off a couple of weeks ago. David spoke last week when I was uh, up in Carlisle. It's up north and near Scotland, as you heard from Naomi's uh, fantastic geography expertise there. To be fair, I wasn't sure where it was either. I thought I was just uh, into the Lake District. It's sort of into the Lake District and keep going until the Lake District runs out. Think, but we had a, as, as you heard from Paul, we had a, a great weekend uh, being with the church up there and uh, and having the opportunity to bless and to serve them. So that was good. So David spoke here uh, last week, and so I get to do week three in being a mission-minded community, which is keeping the main thing, the main thing. Now, I think this is a very timely and important message. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm bringing it, but I actually think that, uh, surprisingly enough, God's in this. Who would have thought? This is a very timely talk, and the reason is this. Uh, Many of you will know that just in the last couple of weeks, um, a building has come onto our radar that we are seriously considering and praying and asking God, is this a building that he has for us? So for years, we've been praying into such things as the church, and God's been speaking to us, and we've been asking God for these things, and there's been some prophetic words that have come over <clears throat> over time that have spoken about uh, a building for us. Then just two or three weeks ago, suddenly this uh, particular uh, building has come uh, up for sale, and uh, it is on our radar, and we are praying and asking God, has he got this for us? This is a very exciting time. I'll be saying more on Wednesday evening. So if you are a member of Jubilee, please be there on Wednesday. Okay, this is going to be an important meeting in the life of the church. 
So there aren't many times where I'm saying, please be, this is really important, but this is one of them. So if you are a member of Jubilee, we really could do with you there on Wednesday nights. And I know for some of you there, there'll be childcare challenges uh, and understand that. <coughs> I've already had one person say, can I Skype in? And we're just trying to see if that can, that can work. They're abroad, okay, so they get a, they get a pass on, on that one. Um, so if you're a member of Jubilee, please be there on the Wednesday night. If you're not yet a member, you've been, carrying, you've been coming for a little while uh, and uh, you're thinking, yeah, I'd love to make Jubilee home. Just haven't got around to the membership course yet, doing that. Maybe in November with John. Uh, then you come as well. So it's Wednesday evening, half past seven at the Sunny Hill Community Centre. And uh, as I was saying, it's a very exciting uh, possibility that we've got before us to consider purchasing our own building. It was so good to sing that song this morning, You Do Impossible Things. Man, was that an appropriate song to sing this morning. That was really, really good. Because if we did this, it would open up to us a whole realm of potential ministry and opportunity that is currently very hard for us to do. It would mean that we'd have a very physical and visible presence uh, in the city, right close to the city centre. It would save money that we currently spend on rent, and we could certainly better serve the city, which we often talk about doing, wanting to be a blessing to the city that God has called us to be part of. Uh, And just in a practical way, it will make Sunday mornings a whole load easier for many of us. Um, But there are some other reasons, bigger reasons as well. But listen, having a building is not an end in itself. This is really, really important. Having a building is not an end in itself. A building is there to serve the mission. The mission that God has called us to. So over the last few years, we've looked at a whole load of different buildings in the city. Because we wanted to step out and be obedient to what God's been speaking to us about. Just telling some guys this earlier. And a lot of them, we've walked in and thought, wow, if we had this, we would spend all our time and energy and cash just getting it to a usable state. So ours will be taken off what God has called us to do. A building is not an end in itself. It is there to serve the mission. So if God opens up this opportunity to us, we need to remember it's not all about the building. It's about the mission that God has called us to. We need to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. Now do you see why it's a timely and appropriate talk? So I planned this out some weeks ago before uh, this was on our radar. But you know what? Even if we keep meeting here at Quads or somewhere else, we still need to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. And keep coming back to what the most important thing is that God has for us. So what is it? <clears throat> well, let's pray and then we'll spend a little while looking at it together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for speaking to us uh, so clearly, even this morning. We thank you for your presence, your goodness, your kindness, your closeness. And we thank you for your words. And God, we pray now that you would speak to us. God, we thank you for your your word to us. And we pray, would it come alive to us now and speak to our hearts, please? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keeping the main thing the main thing. So what is it? 
Well, you could, you could have a fair argument from Scripture that the main thing is to worship God. I mean, the first two commandments are not about not having any other God other than the Lord, not worshipping anything else other than Him. Jesus reminded Satan when he was tempted in the wilderness that it was right to worship the Lord your God and serve him only. But you know what? I'm sort of taking that as a given. I'm taking that as a, yeah, I know that. I'm good with that. And that's the number one priority in my life. And it should be for us as Christians, for those who are following Jesus, seeking to be obedient to him. So assuming that that's in place then what is the main thing? Well, it's a clue. The clue is in the title of our series, which is being a mission-minded community. Last week, David spoke on loving one another. At least I think he did. That's what he was meant to speak on. Were you here? Was that what he spoke on? Yep, that's good. Excellent. So David spoke on loving one another. But you know what? Even that isn't an end in itself. That has a purpose to it. As a reason, it's interesting what Jesus said in John chapter 13. Maybe you know the few verses. John 13, 34. Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. That's verse 34. You could stop there and miss the bigger thing that Jesus is saying. Yes, we're called to love one another, but verse 35 says this. Jesus goes on. By this, <clears throat> by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one, love one for another. Part of this, people will notice, people will see, people will observe and understand and realize that as we love one another, people will get it. They'll see that we're disciples of Jesus. There's a purpose to it. And so the main thing that I want us to consider this morning is this. You find it in Matthew 28. If you have a Bible with you, perhaps you would turn to it with me, please. Matthew 28. You can turn, scroll, click, whatever you've got. I don't know. Maybe you've just memorized it. That would be good. Matthew 28, verse 19. Verse 19 and 20, actually. Jesus says this. Go, therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. What does Jesus say to his gathered disciples there, right at the end of his time on earth? What does he say? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Friends, this morning we need to understand this. We are called to go. We are called to go. To go and make disciples. You see, it is so easy for churches to become inward-looking. It really is. And actually, for many churches, unless this is a subject that is regularly talked about, preached into, spoken about, 
and is on people's radar, the easiest thing for a church to do is to become inward focused and more concerned about the people inside the church than those outside the church. Actually, to be fair, that's probably true of any organisation, isn't it? Any, any club or society or, or organisation, that, that's probably true of, of many. It's far easier to be concerned about maintaining the status quo, caring and loving for one another, than it is to reach out and love those that we don't know yet, but those who don't know Jesus yet. To quote Bill Hybels, you've heard me say this many times, lost people matter to God. Lost people matter to God. And you know what? If they matter to him, guess what? They should matter to us as well. And by people who are lost, what I mean is people who don't, know yet, don't yet know Jesus. Who don't yet have the joy of that relationship with him that many of us would have here this morning. Maybe even that would describe you this morning. Maybe you just come with a friend. Maybe you saw the sign outside. Maybe you just turned up and thought, I wonder what it's all about. <clears throat> Listen, if you don't yet know Jesus as your saviour, your friends, have a relationship with him, let me tell you this. He loves you. He really does. And you are absolutely on his radar even now, even this morning. You know what? The very reason we started Jubilee was that we believed that lost people mattered to God and we wanted to do all we could to reach them with the good news of the gospel. And that hasn't changed. If you've been around Jubilee for any length of time, I'm sure you would have heard me speak from Luke chapter 15. It's one of the go-to passages. I, I guess the two go-to passages for me very often are Acts 2, which describes the early church. And Luke 15, where Jesus tells some stories. So there are three parables that we find in Luke chapter 15. And Jesus is, is making the same point out of each, each of them. Each of them makes the same point in a slightly different way. And you think, why is Jesus telling three stories to illustrate the same thing? Maybe I would suggest is that it's important that we need to take notes and understand what he's saying here. So in Luke 15, we don't have time to turn to it now, but uh, you could have a look at it if you wanted to. Jesus tells three parables, three stories, all making the same points, that lost people matter to God. We have a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. A lost sheep, a coin, and a son. And each time the value increases, each time the stakes are higher, and each time Jesus wants us to see that lost people matter to God. They really do. And if they matter to him, they should matter to us. So we need to keep the main thing, the main thing, reaching people with the good news of Jesus. We are carriers of a wonderful message, aren't we? If you know and love Jesus this morning, then you are a carrier, you're like an ambassador, if you like, of a wonderful good news message. You've experienced it in your life. You've understood and received the love of God. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. You get to pass it on. 
You get to tell others about it as well. You get to share it with other people. And the wonderful thing is that by sharing it with other people doesn't diminish what you have. It's not like sharing a bar of chocolates, which, let's be honest, is never a good thing, really. It's not like sharing a bar of chocolate where you give half of it away. Oh, it's only half left. Oh, wow, what have I done? As you share what God has given you, as you share what God has done in your life, it's like God gives you more. It doesn't run out. It's not like there's a limited amount of God's love. You're like, well, if I give away the bit that I've got, will somehow, will somehow that mean that I've got less? No. You're a carrier of good news. You've got a wonderful message that Jesus has revealed to you. It's not meant to stop here. You're meant to give it away. <clears throat> we need to keep the main thing. The main thing. I said a little bit earlier that David spoke last week about loving one another. And this is important too. <clears throat> we want Jubilee to be a church where we genuinely care for and love one another. We need to work hard at that. That's one of the reasons we have small groups. Not the only reason by any means. But Naomi spoke earlier about, about life groups. One of the reasons we have life groups is so that we can love and care for and disciple one another. Not all being done by the group leaders, but why can one another each other in the group. But another reason for having them is so we can reach out. It's like a little community that you can reach out together to your neighbourhood, your place of work, your friends the area that you feel called to impact, you could do that together as a group. You see, pastoral care is not an end in itself. It's done on a journey. You're repaired, loved, grown, cared for in order that you might be healed up so you can reach out. See, pastoral care isn't an end in itself. It's in order that you can then be part of what God is doing. So church would not be described as a luxury spa hotel where you just go and relax and get pampered. Some of you may be like those sort of things. Actually, a better description of church community, of church family would be this. It's more like a battlefield hospital where you're cared for in order that you get back in the battle. It's like pastoral care on the move. Like a footballer who injures themselves on the pitch. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe we'll see it this afternoon. There's a game happening nearby, I hear. So you watch a football match and you see a footballer being injured on the pitch. And what happens? Well, <clears throat> when the referee notices, the whistle's blown and the physio rushes on, don't they? So the physio rushes on with their bag and their sponge. I'm not quite sure what the deal is about the sponge, but clearly they're magic, magic sponges. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're on with their water and bag and sponge, and they're looking to, uh, to tend to the injured player with one purpose in mind. Not so the player can lie there on the grass and go, oh, it's so awful, I'm injured, or I've twisted my ankle, or whatever it might be, and the physio go, oh, there, there, you know, you you know, no, no, no. There is one purpose and one purpose only 
to the physio rushing on to tend to our injured player. And it's this. It's in order that they might get straight back in the game. Get back up on their feet and go score some goals. Or defend the goal or whatever it is that their particular role is. Now, if they're particularly badly injured, they may get stretched off, taken off to hospital. But even then, there's still a purpose in mind, isn't there? Their injury is tended to. They're given some physio and some exercise in order that they may get fit again and get back in the game. That's the purpose of it, isn't it? So friends, this morning the question for us is this, aren't we in the game? Are you in the game? Dave Holden um, puts it like this. I found this quote some time ago, but it's, it's such an excellent quote. I may have used it before. He says this, Apostolically founded churches do not neglect to pastor people. They just do it in the right context, which is one of mission. We pastor people on the move and we equip them to go and reach others. Good quote, isn't it? It explains what we're trying to talk about this morning. So I guess there's perhaps one thing that's characterised life in Jubilee over the last two or three years. If we had to um, say what that was, it'd probably say actually it's a a fresh expectation of God breaking in, a fresh hunger for his power, uh, and a fresh awareness of his closeness, his goodness, and, um, and those sort of things. That's, that's been our story over the last two or three years, hasn't it? There's a new awareness of God's presence, his power, his goodness, his closeness, fresh hunger for him, desire to be filled by him. See, Jesus promised, he promised that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit came on us. But you know what? There was a point to this promise. There was a reason for the power. And it wasn't just to have great meetings. Now, to be clear, I love great meetings. I really don't like boring ones. I'd much rather have an engaging, exciting, passionate time of worship than a dull, lifeless and boring one. Wouldn't you? So I love great meetings. I love the presence of God. I love him speaking. I get excited about that as Paul and Nat were telling stories from our time in Carlisle last weekend. I love it when God speaks prophetically and people respond and go, oh, I think about me. Oh, maybe God wants to speak to me. That's wonderful. There's life to that. And I love that. But it's not the main thing. Even for Jesus sending the Holy Spirit, it's not the main thing. Jesus explains it here, Acts 1 verse 8. Jesus says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, so you can have call meetings. Is that what he said? It's not, is it? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Friends, do you notice the link? Do you notice the link there between receiving power and being a witness? For the early part of my Christian life, I did all I could to love Jesus and to follow him. 
but I did it in my own strength, or at least I tried to. And if I'm honest, I didn't always do very well. It was pretty hard going. There wasn't an awful lot of joy about it. There seemed to be a, a heck of a lot of hard work about it. And the reason was this, you know, I, I saw the bit about being a witness and I wanted to be with all my heart. But I sort of missed the bit about receiving his power. It's a bit like trying to get a light to work without plugging it in. And so I did all I could to be a witness and to, and to work hard at following Jesus, but I've forgotten and not understood the bit about receiving his power. <clears throat> Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses. You get power so that you can be a witness. That's the link that Jesus wants to make here. And you know what? We are all called to be witnesses. It's not about whether you feel like you're an evangelist or not. Do you notice there's no spiritual gift for evangelism? Actually, we are called to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth. I'll explain that in a second. You see, we're all called to be witnesses. It's what God has for all of us. So it's not just about those who are particularly gifted evangelistically. It's not about those who are called in, in, in that way. You think, oh, well, you know, it's great for Ray. And we had some great stories recently from Ray and from Derek and John and others of that out on the street. You think, well, that's cool because they're the evangelistic type. So let them get on with it. It's not about well, you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and there'll be a few of you that you are called to this. It's not what Jesus says. It's actually we're all called to be witnesses. Every single one of us. Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So Jerusalem speaks about where you live. It's your locality. Your town, your city, your neighbourhood, your street, where you live, where you work, where you hang out, where you spend your time, you're called to be a witness there. That's your Jerusalem. That's your Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria speak of the wider area around you. It's like it's the next town, the region, if you like. Maybe it's even where those who are, even your enemies live. Or those you don't get along with, those you don't understand quite as well. You're called to be a witness there. You know what, it's why we're planting a church in Burton. It's the next town. It's what God has called us to. It's our Judea and Samaria, if you like. It's the next bit along. It's the, the bigger region. God has called us not just to focus here, but to look up and focus there as well. That's why we're going for it there. Just at the same time as we're trying to expand and reach out and serve this city, we're focusing there as well. Why? Because that's what God has called us to. It's our Jerusalem, our Judea and Samaria. And it's the ends of the earth. That's fairly clear, isn't it? It's the end of the earth, as far as you can go, to Scotland and beyond. 
It really is the, the end of the earth. It's the nations. God has called us to have a global vision. So easy to think, oh, well, I'll just get caught up in my little patch. We've got lots to do here. Hey, I know that. We've got loads to do here. But God has called us to have a bigger vision than just that. To actually see the area around us, to see the nation and the nations, because that's what God has called us to, to have a heart for other peoples, other nations, other lands, other people's groups. We'll look at this in future weeks. But for now, I want to remind us and call us, dear friends, to keep the main thing, the main thing. A mission-minded community needs to be just that, <clears throat> minded about mission, reaching out, loving people, serving them, sharing the gospel, giving our lives to help people to understand their value in God's and his heart for them. So how do we do that? Just as we begin to, to wrap up, what are some practical steps that we could take? What does it mean for us? Well, I think number one, for us as a, a family, a church family together, a community together, it means number one, reaching out to those that God sends us. So reaching out to visitors i.e. those coming in, looking in, thinking, oh, have I got a place here? I wonder what's going on. What's all this following Jesus about? I want to know more. Those who God sends us, visitors who come. See, we get new people visit Jubilee nearly every week. And that is an incredible privilege. In some churches go months, even years, without a new person darkening the door. It's true. It really is. So we mustn't take it for granted but the question is, well, what sort of experience do they have as they come in? Well, I had, um, oh, I had a message uh, a few weeks ago from a couple who came for the first time uh, just, a, just a few weeks ago. And um, <clears throat> I've known them for years, and uh, they've been Christians for, forever, I think. And, <laughs> and uh, I've known them, and, and I, I didn't know they were coming, and they just showed up one Sunday morning and... Uh, to chat to them briefly, and off they went on their way. They were just uh, passing through. And I had a message from them the week after uh, to say what a fantastic welcome they got, how well they were served and loved and made to feel at home. Now, I get lots of emails. I don't get many like that. But it was thrilling to hear their story, which is, hey, we just came, not knowing anybody really, but, you know, we just felt so at home. We were welcomed well. We were shown where to go. People came and talked to us and uh, <clears throat> gave us refreshments and cake and looked after us and loved us and uh, wanted to explain what was going on. Listen, I want to say, church, well done. Now, I know we don't get it right every time. I know that. We're not perfect. I've said that before. But it's great to have a story of how we got it right there. Really good. So well done. Well done, church. But listen, we've got to keep doing that. As people come in, let's make sure we're serving them well. I want Jubilee to be the friendliest church in the city. There are bigger churches in the city. They're running all sorts of fantastic ministries. And I love them for it. But listen, one thing that we can be is the most welcoming church in the city. We really can. So let's respond well and reach out to those that God sends us 
visitors that, that come in. So if there's somebody you don't recognise, go talk, say hi, introduce yourselves, make sure they're served with refreshments afterwards, invite them to your life group, get to know them, reach out, share your life. Let's be building communities that are welcoming people in. But as well as welcoming those that God sends us, we reach out to visitors, let's reach out, number two, to those that you know. So think about those that you know already who don't know Jesus yet. Those who are maybe your neighbours you live amongst, maybe those you work with. You know, it is possible to spend all your time with other Christians and not to spend any time with people who don't know Jesus yet. You could live in a completely Christian bubble. Just hang out with other Christians, spend all your time with them, just watch, just watch Christian TV, listen only to Christian music and go only to Christian meetings. You could do that. But that's not what God has called us to do. We're not called to live and exist in a totally Christian subculture, but rather we're called to be salt and light in the culture that God has called us to, to love and to serve. And to do that, you need to get to know people who don't know Jesus yet. He didn't spend all his time with the religious folk, did he? He hung out with people who were far from God, wanting to share God's love with them. And Matthew even throws a party so that Jesus can meet his friends. That sounds like fun. So what about you? Well, the, 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 the sad fact is that for many of us, the longer that we're Christians, the less non-Christian friends we have. So sometimes we need to be really proactive, be intentional. And what do you like doing? What do you enjoy doing? Maybe to relax or as a hobby. Do that with people who don't know Jesus yet. Make some friends. Build some relationships. Share your life. Share Jesus. Reach out to those that, who are amongst you that you know already. Number three, reach out to those you don't know yet. This is where Ray and some of the guys are leading us so well, looking to reach out to those that we don't know yet. I hear Derek telling stories of, oh yeah, we're this guy on the streets, and we're chatting to him and asking what can we pray for. Looking to reach out to those that we don't know yet. We can all do that. Listen to the Holy Spirit, have a voice, an ear attuned to the voice of God that we might hear what he's saying and what he's speaking to us. Maybe it's a person at the supermarket, at the school gates, in a meeting, at the petrol pump, or car wash, or in a restaurant, whatever it might be. Maybe you can be the first person to reach out a hand of friendship in a new situation and go, hi, I'm so-and-so, you knew here? Wow. Reach out to those you don't know yet with the love of God. And then finally, reaching out to our city. Reaching out to the place that God has called us to. The Bible encourages us to love our city and to be a blessing to it. So we want to be those who serve the city, who bless the city. Or if you're from just outside the city, the place that God has called you to. Maybe it's Burton or somewhere else. Let's be those who are a blessing to the places we live. Amen? That's why Smile is such a great project. 
seeks to love and to serve those who have additional needs in their families. Looking to serve people with the love of God. It's why Faith, Hope and Enterprise does such a great work in the city and the county as it seeks to love and serve those who are so often forgotten and marginalised by society. Why do all those things happen? Because we're looking to show and to demonstrate the love of Jesus and to reach out and to serve the city. I want to encourage us, friends, to keep the main thing the main thing. Even when we've got lots of other things going on, and even if we uh, end up going for a, a building and have a building project and some things like that, which will take some energy and some focus, we need to remember that it's not the main thing, but it's there to serve the main thing, which is looking to reach out to bring the love of Jesus to those around us, to be salt and light in the places he's called us to, and to be a blessing to this city and beyond. Amen? Can we stand together, please? Can the, the band perhaps come back, please? Lord Jesus, this morning we say that we want to keep the main thing, the main thing. We want to be those who seek to reach out, to welcome in, to reach out, to love, serve, bless. Lord, we want that to be true of our own lives. Lord, we want that to be true of our church community as well. Father, will we be a a family together who are great at loving those who don't know you yet and seeking to love and to serve and to bless people and to help them on their journey to encountering you. And so, Father, with lots of competing agendas for our time and our focus, we pray, God, that as individuals and families and as a church, that, God, we would keep the main thing, the main thing, that, Lord Jesus, we would always be seeking to to reach out, to serve, to love, to bless, to speak of you, to receive your power, and in so doing, be a witness in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth, in order that we might make your name famous and that your kingdom might be extended. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Let's worship the Lord as we close our time together. Sunday morning.